Good morning, Bucks fans. How's everyone doing? It is Wednesday, which means it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live, presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And as always, this is where we take your questions. So if you have those for us, make sure you leave them in the comment section underneath our live video on the Buccaneers Facebook page. And as we give people a chance to do that, uh, we figure there is plenty of news. We are now in regular season form, plenty of news we can talk about here right off the top. Um, first, some some roster moves and an award for a player. So why don't you tell us about some of those bits of news we've already had? Yeah, we got the good news that we were hoping for this morning when Bradley Pinion was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. It's actually the second time he's won it. He won it once when he was with San Francisco. Um, it was just a brilliant game for him. You know, three punts down inside the 10. He had that 65. I don't know how you kick a 65-yard yarder and angle it out of bounds at the two. That's just, I don't know if I've seen that before. So <clears throat> um, a big award for him, really, as Coach Arian said after that game and has said repeatedly since, special teams won that game and he was a big part of it. So congrats to him. Yeah, I was going to say, when you kick a game-winning field goal and that's not the special teams player that wins special yeah. teams player of the week, you know Pinion had a good game. That's <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Um, so, and then tell us about some of these uh, roster moves that have happened this week. Yeah, not, not all of those were good news, of course. Yep. Yeah. The worst being, of course, that Sean Murphy bunting and long snapper Zach Trinner went on into reserve. Um, we all know we saw Sean Murphy bunting, hurt his elbow. Uh, most of us didn't even realize until the next day or so that Zach was hurt. He kind of messed up a finger on his snapping hand, I think, and uh, continued to play and didn't they didn't tell the coaches, you know, they, he played with it. He snapped the snap on the game winning field goal with his hand all messed up, which is pretty impressive, but um, it's an injury that's going to require surgery. And, and so he's going to be out. Coach said, I believe he's, he's probably going to be out for the majority of the season. He might be able to make it back later. Sean Murphy bunting. We're still waiting on some news on that because they're, they're still waiting for a second opinion and uh, some more information on his injury so it may come back that he's out three to six weeks, or it may come back that his season is over. And we're certainly hoping for the former. We might find that out today. Um, we had a question from Richard, and this is one of those where it's asking you about some records and numbers to where it might be hard live to come up with this. So maybe this could be something in a mailbag or okay. something else that you talk about. But uh, he asked, is nine straight wins a Bucks record? Because yes. uh, if we're going back to, to last season, and then is also... Uh, he brought up scoring eight straight games of 30 points or more and wanted to know in terms of NFL records, buck, re buck records. So how much of that are, are you aware of and what else can we maybe just hear from you later? Well, the first part is easy. Actually, the eight straight wins even before this last one was a buck record. The previous record was seven. Um, now we're at nine. Now, it depends on how you want to define those, because sometimes when you talk about records, you're just, you're just talking about regular season in which case we're only at five right now. And the record is seven from the 1999 season, but um, uh, nine is our record. And if you include the playoffs and, and then the rest of it, the 30 points in a row, that's something that if I was asked and I wasn't doing this video right now, it would take about 20 seconds to look up. I could do that very easily, but I don't want to interrupt what we're doing here. So I have to get back to on the, maybe next week on that one. I doubt highly that 30 plus points in eight straight games is an NFL record or even close, but it, it, there's, it probably is a Buccaneers record. I would be willing to bet. And so, yeah. So when, so if, if the Bucks win 10th in a row, a uh, new, a new Buccaneer record. Yeah. Well, if since nine is record, 10 would be the record. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be great to watch. I enjoy this and I, it's, it's nice. And, and then now heck you got 17 game season. We'll just have to keep this going for a long time. Um, so for you, what were some of the major takeaways 
from the Cowboys game and the things that you felt like what, you know, what surprised you, what was exactly what you expected, some of those, those storylines? Well, I think the biggest takeaway for me, and it really took a little while after the game, maybe the next day to kind of come to this feeling is that the Buccaneers turned the ball over four times, um, several of them just game-changing, almost back-breaking plays, gave up 451 yards, 30 first downs, and won the game. I mean, it was not a clean game for the Buccaneers. The special teams, thank goodness, was a winning edge this time. But for the Buccaneers to, to have a negative three turnover ratio and give up 450 yards, they've never done that before and won a game. They've never had Tom Brady, you know, to save them before either. So um, I think it's just, it makes me feel kind of good about how good this team is because they didn't play anywhere close to their best game against an opponent that, I know they were six and 10 last year, but they look pretty strong this year with Dak Prescott back. I got a feeling the Cowboys are going to be in contention. So I think it was a quality opponent that played well and the Buccaneers did not play their best game and they still won. So that's encouraging. Yeah. I think I saw the stat saying that, that the Bucs were the first NFL team ever to win a game where they gave up 450 yards, lost the turnover difference by three and had over a hundred penalty yards. And Ah. I'm like, again, not how you want to win a game, but it does seem like that is kind of encouraging that even if you're playing a game like that, where you would think you'd lose, you're not playing up to what you know is your potential and you still come out with a win against a Cowboy team that, you know, has a lot of weapons. It's not like they're, they're anything to sneeze at. So I I think that's gotta be at least a little encouraging. If if you're going to have some of those stats, you don't want to still come out with a win. Yeah. And the penalty thing is, as coach said yesterday, a big problem. It's a big problem, uh, but last year, as we recall, through the first five games, the Buccaneers had problems with their penalties, and after the Chicago game where penalties were a big factor in us barely losing a game we thought we should have won, um, they just decided on the plane flight back, we have to clean this up, and then from then on, the Buccaneers were the least penalized team in the entire NFL, so it'd be cool if they just decided to do that now and not wait for five weeks. Right. right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And maybe they already had that formula. You're just like, hey, remember what we did last year? Just do that again. Do that again. Yeah. Just do that again. Um, okay. So Jack wanted to know, will Darden suit up for the Falcons game? Um, I would bet not. Uh, we didn't, as I was talking about the um, roster moves uh, earlier, I didn't actually get to all of them. We also have promoted both in the last few days, both Andrew Adams and Jadon Mickens from the practice squad, they were both elevated from the practice squad, but you only get to do that a couple of times with any given player, unless it's for, to replace a COVID player. So um, they just put those guys on the active roster. So they would be available to them all the time. And since Jadon got the call last week, even when he was on the practice squad, and now he's on the active roster, I suspect that at least for now, he's going to, he's going to continue to hold on to the kick and punt up kickoff and punt return jobs. And that would really be the only reason you would keep, another receiver active if we kept both him and Jadon Mickens active then we'd be going with seven receivers or potentially you know putting down something like Tyler Johnson which I don't think they want to do so I would suspect that at least for this week that Jalen probably won't get a shot yet and what did you think of the return game I know Mickens uh you know he had some had some good moments there yeah yeah I mean and also as he was saying yesterday the guys up front did a good job blocking for him and that hasn't always been the case in recent years you know our return game hasn't been awesome and that's not always just on the returner so um he was saying they were really doing a good job for him up front and and you know it's nice of him to share the credit but i think he was being sincere when he said that and and yeah he was he was uh, returning decisively which is what you want you want the guy to catch the ball first and he even said that yesterday he's like well first of all because they asked him about are the big plays coming he said first of all you got to catch the ball 
which yeah. first thing, uh, but he's never had a problem with that. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to get some opportunities. We may see a bit more on the return game than we're used to, which would be nice considering there weren't a lot of things the Buccaneers could improve upon that from last year. And that's one of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Seth had asked, was Mike Evans double teamed or just not the focus in the game plan? He said it was hard to see from the live game what was going on back there. I think it was a little bit of both. I think they they um, definitely made an effort to keep him covered. And as Tom Brady has said, he's going to throw the ball to the open man. He's, he's not favoring anybody. Um, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski were the ones that were getting the good looks. Um, there's certainly nothing wrong with Mike's play and he's going to have big games. Like as coach left, which pointed out yesterday, yeah, he only had like two catches in this game, but I think last year in week one, he only had one. So, you know, it's getting better. It's trending upwards. And as we saw, there were plenty of big Mike Evans games after that, but that wasn't the guy's question. I know he, he, he was just wondering if it was a matter of double teams or not. I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. And I, I had Mike on my radio show on Monday and I'd asked him if he'd seen you know, the addition of Gronk and AB and the fact that now there are just so many weapons, if, if it had changed uh, the way teams played him, kind of hoping he'd say like, yeah, I'm finally getting, you know, a little bit less of the whatever. And he was like, honestly, not really. Really? <laughs> yeah, that he he was he kind of talked about like maybe this and that, but you could tell for the most part that teams are still focusing on him a lot, which I, I told him, I was like, well, that's got to be a compliment. You know, you got to absolutely weapons and they're still playing you that way. Um, David had asked about, uh, are they looking for another corner to replace Sean Murphy bunting, or is it going to be a little bit more of a musical chairs from within just how, how you see them replacing him for however long he's out? Yeah, I think first up is Ross Cockrell, who, um, you know, as we know, he cross trained at safety and looked very good at that in training camp and was probably going to be sort of a versatile fill in after that. But since Sean's out and Ross is probably going to play in the slot then, um, you know, that's another reason to promote Andrew Adams because you need some more depth at safety if Ross isn't going to play there. Uh, then uh, you, you, you do have um, uh, two guys on the practice squad in uh, Herb Miller, and they just signed Pierre Desir, who is a, a veteran who's played a lot. So I think those would be the first two options. I think they're always looking, don't get me wrong, but it's not like there's a there's a lot of starting caliber cornerbacks just hanging around out there. So uh, either one of those two guys could get elevated this week. At some point, one or both of them could be um, promoted to the active roster. But for now, I think they have a couple options that they're going to go with first. And then we'll close with this one because it's just one of my favorite things to get to talk about. Richard asked, do you think Vita will catch another touchdown on the Falcons? I would think that would be the last team that you try that. They've seen it. I mean, at least it's a different coaching staff, but still, I have to, uh, I have to imagine that, yeah, of all the people you're going to try to sneak that in on, the Falcons are going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's going to happen again, though. It's going to happen. I don't. I would be surprised if it was this week. I just, even when he's in, just as a fullback and blocking, it just makes me so happy every time. I just love watching it. I would hate to be that that defense watching him get ahead of steam running downhill on you. Uh, but as a member of our team, I'm a big fan. By the, way, of watching. by the way, he was absolutely dominant in that game on Thursday night. I mean. Yeah. You can't you, you can't know it by looking at the the game book the, the box score he's he's not anywhere in the stats but he was blowing people up i Just, love that yeah that's incredible all right well that's going to do it for us on this edition of buccaneers insider live presented by miller light thanks as always for joining us and for those great questions and we will see you next week <laughs>